0: Here we go. Final seconds. Clutch is his name. Talking sports is his game. End zone. Touchdown with no time left. Pushing the limits. They win on the last play of the ball game. There are no limits. Are you kidding? Who can you count on to make the last throw or shot? Wow, and the game is over. Mikey Clutch. This is the final play. We are back, beautiful Wednesday, October the 6th here in Chicago, a little gloomy outside, you know, as usual, as usual, you know, for the past few days, it's been a little gloomy out here, not fun, and hasn't been so gloomy for some of these franchises in the NFL, off to a slow start, but hey. That's the NFL for you. You get something different week in and week out. As I mentioned, this is the final play with Mikey Clutch. Welcome in. We got some great things going for you. Don't forget, end of the show, Clutch Player of the Week. Also the debt-free pick three, my picks for this week. Not so strong. One and two last week, one and two the week before. I'm off to a four and five start this year. I promise this will be a better week. I promise. I promise. If you're taking my opinion, I'm betting this is the week to really listen to me. We'll get into that rookie watch, some rookies getting significant time. And that's Trey Lance. Everybody else, you know, still got their starts. We got a couple victories. First victories as starters for a couple QBs. Trevor Lawrence was close. Mac Jones had the biggest game of the week. Not Stat-wise, but he was in the biggest game of the week, I should say, um, against the Tom Brady-led Buccaneers. We'll get into that that game. I'll get into the primetime games, uh, some headlines, and some breaking news as of today. But yeah, I'll start with the breaking news. We have two players, Pro Bowl players, being released by their franchises, now former franchises, Got to start with the hottest one, right? Stephon Gilmore couldn't reach an agreement with the New England Patriots. They release him. They save, I think it said seven million dollars, so it frees up about five point two million in cap. Would have been more, but they advanced five and a half million to him earlier this year. So now Stephon Gilmore is a restricted, unrestricted free agent. Can pick where he wants to go, and there are some teams that. Definitely, desperately need him at the cornerback position. I think Seattle could be in play here. Their secondary is not good, and in the division they're in, having to face the Rams twice, which uh, Gilmore is not going to be signed and playing by tomorrow. That's just not going to happen. Who knows Dallas? I'll I'll get into them in, in a minute who they released, but Niners, I don't know if we have enough money for them. The Ravens, I think, could use him after all their secondary injuries. And it just depends. I don't know if Stefan Gilmore is going to sign a one-year deal just for this year to play with a franchise or if he wants that long-term security coming out. So that's, good. that's going to be a fun free agent to watch. It should have happened, I thought, in the offseason. It would have been a little more exciting. But midseason, you can't get more exciting than that. And with a lot of teams... In the playoff hunt, I know it's only been four weeks, four games. But adding him to your roster, locking down one side of the field, that's a huge piece to a team that could be missing that one piece to be a Super Bowl roster. And I I, I think this is going to be very interesting where he goes. It, it, you know, Tampa Bay, they lost a lot of guys in the secondary. Now Richard Sherman, you know, he, he's the vet on that team. Do they go and get a Stephon Gilmore to shore up that defense, would he sign a one-year deal with the Buccaneers? I don't know if they have any money. I doubt that, too. Tennessee could use him. I, there, there's a lot of teams in play here that could use a guy like Stephon Gilmore. Pro Bowl, all-pro, cornerback. Some say he's the best in the game. I still say Jalen Ramsey. But that's just me. Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see where he goes. I'm excited. I'm excited to see who wants to either sign them to a long year deal. I just. Kansas City. I don't. Just some of the teams that I'm thinking probably don't have enough money. Uh, The the two top spots, because I think Seattle does have some money. Uh, I would probably bank on Seattle as a leader, and then maybe Tennessee, the Titans. So. Stephon Gilmore watch, now in effect. And then going to Dallas, as I mentioned, Jalen Smith was released from the Cowboys. Now this one, I, Micah Parsons has been playing really well. He's definitely the front runner after four weeks for rookie of the, defensive rookie of the year. But the thing is, you kept Leighton Van Der Esch, who you signed early as well, and he he's got, on the books for some money. I would have released Van Der Esch if I'm the Cowboys. Jalen Smith, even after this horrific knee injury he had in his final game at Notre Dame, you know, that, that's why he dropped to the second round of the Cowboys in the 2016 draft, hasn't missed a start in his career after that horrific knee injury until the Tampa Bay game in week one, and then he still played, I think, 146 snaps out of the 296 that the Cowboys defense has been in so far this year. But you release him, he's a pro bowler in 2019, and you kept Leighton VanderEcht, who has injury history. So that didn't make sense to me. Yeah, you save some money, but it's not until after the season. So he's on the books no matter what for you this season because you already paid him, and the cap doesn't clear up until the next offseason, 2022. So it doesn't really make sense why you would keep a guy like VanderEcht, who has injury history, and Jalen Smith, who's been nothing but durable. And a good piece on that defense. But, hey, that's just my opinion. So, I mean, could you imagine a team? I mean, like Tennessee, as I mentioned, could you imagine if they went out and got both of these guys? Because their defense, they have a Super Bowl caliber offense, but that defense is so bottom of the league right now. And they could use all the help they can get. So, I... I would hope they would be smart enough to sign one of these guys, if not both. Rabel, a, a Patriot guy, you know, I'm sure him and Belichick still talk. Could Tennessee really be the front runner for Stephon Gilmore? We shall see. Because it seems like that defense couldn't even stop Zach Wilson, who's been doo doo in the first three weeks of the season and got his first win against the Titans, who were short man on offense without Julio and A.J. Brown. And it took them to overtime. There, Anyway, I'll get into that with my rookie watch. But, yeah, it just – it these two guys, these are two pro bowlers that are free. And Jalen Smith, is, he's still young. He's still young. He's in his 20s. So he's definitely going to be a free agent in season that if a team picks him up, you got to sign him long-term because he's been nothing but great for the Cowboys. And now the Cowboys think, hey, we don't need him because now Michael Parsons has done enough to show us that – He's going to be our guy of the future. I think you should move Parsons to the line. You should have kept Jalen Smith. But, again, my opinion, Cowboys, do what you want to do. But those were the two biggest headlines this morning. I'll go to a headline that came out yesterday, which you you heard me say this is going to be the guy who – at at first I liked the hiring, but now – you know, I think it was after the Chris Doyle hiring and then him having to apologize and fire him within the first 36 hours, Urban Meyer, back in the news, back in the headlines, viral video of a woman and I think it was Ohio Bar, dancing next to him, close to his lap. And seemed to be no foul play. Just, you know, people drinking, having a good time. But then another video came out. It seemed to be and seemed to appear to be the same woman, same clothes, and he's grabbing the female's ass. Now, come on. You're a married man, aren't you, Urban Meyer? The porch judgment just continues. He he had to have an apology and a press conference just to apologize to the franchise's players. Um, The owner, Shad Khan. I mean, come on now. This is already your second mishap since becoming head coach. Everybody thinks he's beloved, but it it makes a lot of sense. He, He said he would vouch for Chris Doyle, and that was something that was alarming to me after all the evidence that came out on Chris Doyle with him belittling players and the racial comments that he made against his black players at Iowa. And that whole thing that came out, I think it was last year, two years ago, or I think it was last year. And you hire him, and then you vouch for him. Oh, he's a good guy. He's great character. Well, a guy saying that doesn't have good character, and it shows with this viral video. I, Urban Meyer, to me, should be fired before Matt Nagy gets fired. He needs to be ran out of Jacksonville. If I'm a player there, I just don't respect him. I don't want to play for him. I'll still go out there and play hard, but I'm just, the team right now is just sinking. And Urban Meyer is the hole on this ship. And you have to fix that hole, get rid of it, and bring somebody in that's going to steady the ship and, and, and get it on the right direction. Because I just, you're already on your second apology to your team, and we're not even halfway in the season. So that was just another thing that I saw yesterday that really bothered me about Urban Meyer. And like I said, I like to hire as soon as it was as announced, but after that Dole thing, I jumped ship right away. I jumped ship because I knew it was going to go down. It just He's, he's not going to be a good pro coach. You can probably get away with this at college. But it's just something that, again... Trevor Lawrence, who I have high hopes for and had his best game against the Bengals, you just can't go anywhere with a coach like this because everybody's not going to be all in. And then uh, good luck trying to get free agents to come here and play as well. So that was my thing on Urban Meyer that, that really pissed me off seeing that, and then he's already got to come out and have an apology. Ugh, annoying. All right, on to the football. On the field. No surprise here. Biggest game of the week. Most anticipated. Most hyped up game. Tampa Bay Buccaneers and T- Tom Brady. Traveled to Foxboro. To play the New England Patriots. At Gillette Stadium. First time in a an opposing uniform. Tom Brady goes. And let me tell you. It was not pretty. It was not pretty. I think the emotion got to him. The emotion got to him. It was the first time I'd seen him off his game as bad as he was. With time in the pocket, it felt like. He was missing throws. And some people were saying, oh, the weather was crap. But Tom Brady's played in worse weather and was more accurate. He was... Missing deep balls to Antonio Brown, short out routes, short, you know, flat routes. He couldn't even hit a screen to, or a swing route to uh, Leonard Fournette. And I I just think the moment was one of the biggest moments for him. And he had the nerves, the excitement, the emotion, and everything that came with going back to Foxborough and playing your former team and, the love he got. And of course, fans booed during the game, which, hey, I'm glad that they did it right. This is, uh, if you want to take notes from a fan base, this is how you do it from a former player that gave his all to you. You cheer him on pre game, but once he goes on the field in that first drive, you boo him. And it's out of love, it's out of respect, but you gave him his respect. And now, all right, you're a fan of your team. Now go out there and cheer for your team and root against the other guy. I loved how, and that's why. Patriots fans are class acts. I I love Patriot fans. I've never had an argument with a Patriot fan. Obviously, they're a little cocky with those six rings they got in the last 20 years, as they should be. But what what went unnoticed, uh, Mac Jones played pretty well. He had the Patriots in position, final drive. What was it, 19 straight completions? I know a lot of it's dink and dunk, dink and duck, but this is, I think, why the Patriots went with them. He's a smart kid. He's not going to lose you the game. He's not going to throw these dumb interceptions just to, you know, boost stats or anything. He he wants to win. He's a he's a winner and it showed. Uh, I know he still had one pick, but he he was under duress that whole game. That th- this is probably the best I I've seen the pass rush for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They it, it, it seemed like almost every drive they were in his face applying pressure. It, it it was good. And and Mac Jones being a rookie, that that's tough to go against uh you know, you sack four times for 25 yards. He he was pressured a lot. He, he really was. I think he was hit what? Uh 12 times in that game. So Tampa definitely had the right game plan, but it was still so close because Brady, I'm telling you, if Brady would have hit some of these throws, it wouldn't have been as close as it was. But that's why, and and I'll give credit to Bill. He had a good game plan as well. But I I, I just, I, I think Tom, if you look even at his completions and attempts, it was almost 50%. So you know he was off a little bit that game. It's never that bad for Tom Brady, but... Hats off to him. He got his win. Now, the fourth quarterback ever in NFL history to beat all 32 teams. He joins the likes of Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, and Brett Favre. He also, which went unnoticed in that game because Tampa Bay Anton Brady told, I think, the network not to really make a big deal about him breaking Drew Brees' record. Drew Brees had a whole thing celebration. It was at home in New Orleans when he broke the record. And Tom Brady didn't want to, you know, kill a drive and do it mid-game. So, hats off. That's just the stand-up player he is. He's all focused, all about winning, all about the game. And these accolades, you know, can come after. But here was good old Tommy boy, Tom Brady, after the game. I was just trying to keep my poise, you know. I showed up to the stadium and... um. You know, I knew kind of what we were going to be dealing with. And we're dealing with a really good football team. Obviously, they were really well prepared. I thought they made a lot of good plays. You know, we had a few too many penalties that really held us back. And, again, pretty – not our best in the red area. But um, good to get a win on the road. We had a tough one on the road last week, which was, uh, you know, tough game. But good to rebound and get a get a win up here in Foxborough. Yeah, tough game. He, he, like you said, he wasn't good in the red area. The red zone within, you know, the red zone's – from the twenty yard line and in. And yeah, he struggled. He he was missing some some throws. So I'm still happy. Brady got his win against Belichick. There really wasn't a winner. I mean, Bill had the defense playing well. Brady ended up getting the win. He didn't play so hot. But I, I think a lot of that was nerves. So I don't really think the other beat the uh, you know, Belichick beat Brady or beat Brady beat Belichick. So I was just excited to watch that game, and, you know, hey, Patriots had eight rushes for negative one yards the whole game, and Aguilar was their leading rusher with four yards. So, you know, you can't get the running game going. It's going to be tough, but Mac Jones stepped up, and he's going to be the future for the Patriots. I know it's a lot of dink and dunk right now, but, boy, this kid, he's taking what he's given, and he's going to progress. Once they get the talent, They don't really have a number one receiver. I'm sorry, none of these guys would be the number one guy on any team, any other team in the league. The roster just isn't well put together. I know they had all these big free agent signings, but there are a lot of twos and threes, maybe threes and fours on on this Niners team. Listen, Kendrick Bourne, he he was a number three with the Niners, all right, And, and he's led up there. Jacoby Myers, who has been a big disappointment ever since being drafted, by the Patriots. So, I yeah, it's Nikhil Harry. He, he's still figuring things out this late in his, or not this late in his career, but how long he's been in the league. It's just, it's it's not clicking yet still. But yeah, Tom Brady gets his victory against the Patriots. We'll take a quick break. And we'll be back. If you're in the victory formation, then you must be listening to the Mikey Clutch on the ChicagolandSportsRadio.com. Here's your host, Mikey Clutch. All right, we're back. We're back. So, my next thing I wanted to get into were some of these games this past weekend. Week four, a lot of good, a lot of bad. We'll start with the bad and slash good. Chicago Bears... Justin Fields, second start, a lot better than the start against Cleveland. Bears ended up winning. David Montgomery had a great game. You know, the Bears lean on this rushing attack that is David Montgomery to get them going. And, you know, Fields didn't really play too great, but, hey, he didn't lose the game for you. Detroit definitely beat themselves early. They were in my debt-free pick three last week. I had them potentially to even win the game outright. But, I mean, when your quarterback is going up, making an audible, calling out the defense, and the center snaps because he thinks he's hiking the ball, and it falls right in the Bears' lap, and it was their opportunity to score. It was their first drive, I believe, Detroit, and they were in the red zone. They were, I think, inside the 20, inside the 15. And then that happens, and Bears recover, and, Detroit just beat themselves on a lot of plays. But the Bears, hey, it's a victory. They're 2-2 two and two on the season. Justin Fields is 1-1 one and one as a starter, but the bad. The leading rusher, the number one guy in that backfield, David Montgomery, is out four to five weeks. Hopefully it's not as bad as that. But, yeah, that's going to hurt. This Bears offensive line can't protect in the passing game, and it's not going to get easier next weekend or this weekend coming up. I'm sorry. You know, the Bears, I believe they have to travel, which they do. It's in Vegas, and Vegas just lost on Monday night. They're going back home, even though L.A. felt like a home game for them. They're going back home to Vegas. Bears are coming into town. I just, you know, if the Bears can't run the ball, it's – Going to be a long, long night, long night for the Bears. It just is. No, David Montgomery. I know Williams is going to probably get the start. He's questionable right now, but I'm sure he'll play. But Tariq Owens already ruled out. But Damian Williams, you know, his seventh year in the league. And uh, I, I worry. I worry that this Raiders defense is going to get to the quarterback like every other defense besides Detroit's been able to do. And Justin Fields, it's going to be tough sledding because the Raiders, for the most part, played pretty well against the Chargers offense. I know they gave them 28 points, but that third quarter they were able to shut them out. So they can definitely play some ball. Who knows? Maybe the Raiders get Stephon Gilmore. I don't know. I'm I'm just throwing out every team that you know can basically have them. But I still think Tennessee's a front runner. But yeah, Bears. I I, I just I think they're going to struggle. I think they're going to struggle and tease tease another Bears game in my debt free pick three. <laughs> but I hope Fields can still play well. You know my stance on fields. I'm not going to repeat it. I feel like I've been repeating it and just at ignosium, all right? But after the Bears, all right, Arizona, they stay undefeated. They beat the Rams convincingly. It didn't really feel close at all. Kyler Murray stays hot. You know, week week four, and we're still talking MVP talk. He's the leader, and the people that are talking about the MVP race, he's the leader in that, but I still think it's way too early. Things change drastically come second half of the season, so let's wait a bit till we crown him old Dennis Green. Buffalo Bills, they keep rolling. Holy smokes. Are they just offensively and defensively playing lights out after that Pittsburgh game and – Second shutout in three weeks. They look like the strongest team in the AFC at this point. Yes, the competition, eh, not that great. We see what the Dolphins have been. We we see you know since that Week One victory over the Patriots, we see what Washington's been, almost losing to the dreadful Atlanta Falcons, and then we see what the Texans have been, ever since losing Tyrod Taylor, not very competitive at all. They win forty to nothing. Josh Allen looked shaky in the beginning of that game. I'm not going to lie. He looked shaky. He was thrown in, you know, through a bad interception. He really didn't perform like he did so well last year. 248, two touchdowns, not bad. But it wasn't like this highlight reel of plays like we saw last year. So the Bills keep it going, keep it moving. I can't wait for this game which I will definitely be getting into later on when I discuss the best matchups of week four because that that has to be the game of the week for next Sunday, for next Sunday night. But as I mentioned, tease that. We'll talk about that later. Raiders and Chargers, phenomenal play by Justin Herbert. Three first-half touchdowns for the Chargers. Their D was bringing pressure early. Only 73 yards allowed in the first half, which Carr had 52 passing yards in the first half, and he's been the leading thrower in the league the first three weeks with 1,200 yards, and he really got shut down, and that's why I'm, I'm praising Brandon Staley. Since everybody wants to do these awards so early, Brandon Staley is... My coach of the year right now. The way he turned around this defense, just like uh, overnight, overnight. Anthony Lynn could not get this done. Chargers were losing games in weird fashion last year, close games, one possession games, because the defense couldn't make a stop. I mean, they lost to Drew Locke last year on the last play of a game and couldn't stop him. And Derwin James, healthy, is a scary monster in that secondary for the Chargers. When he plays, the Chargers defense just plays different. So it's very scary when he's healthy. And, yeah, I'm just loving what I'm seeing from Justin Herbert. He's easily my top three, four favorite quarterbacks in the league. I'm not saying he's a top-five quarterback right now, but he's possibly going to get there, possibly. But I love what I've seen from this young kid, his – Post-game interview after the game was phenomenal. Just something, you know, you you just kept talking about the team, how well they did, how well the defense stepped up and loved it. And he just says the right things. He's a leader. He he reminds me, even though he looks like a 12-year-old, he acts like a 30-year-old, 34-year-old in in the NFL. He's just very poised, very wise, and he's locked in. And this kid is going to be going up against Mahomes twice a year. Going up against Carr twice a year. Oh, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Rooting for the Chargers. Rooting for them. And then the Cowboys dominate the undefeated Carolina Panthers. We only have one undefeated team left in the NFL, and that's the Arizona Cardinals. I feel like this is the quickest season that we're only down to one undefeated team already. After four games, I feel like... The past, you know, 10, 15 seasons, it seems like a team's gone deeper than 4-0 and and 5-0. and So that's going to be a fun game to watch. It's in my watchables as well for this weekend. But as I mentioned, the Cowboys, Trayvon Diggs does it again twice. Micah Parsons, I believe, got another sack. Dan Quinn just has his defense playing elite. And if the Dallas Cowboys defense can play like this consistently against solid teams, they're they're going to be there in the playoff discussion and possibly with their schedule, they could potentially get a number one seed in this NFC. Because, listen, the Rams are great. They could be, be the best all-around team in the NFC, but the schedule with the NFC West and the teams that the NFC West has to play, that could potentially, you know, we're going to, the, the NFC West is going to beat themselves up and leave room for a weaker division's leading team like the Dallas Cowboys in the East to snag that number one seed and get a, a home field advantage throughout. But yeah, the, the, the Cowboys were very dominant. 33 to 14 after three quarters. The game was really out of hand. I know the scoreboard didn't indicate that at the end. Panthers had a few comeback drives. They only lost by, I believe, eight points or six points or something. like. That. It, it, it was very close. It was, yeah, I think it was eight points. It was 28-36 to 36 by the end of it. So hats off to the Cowboys playing really well, as much as I don't like to say that. But I do. let me say, I, I've been a Dak fan. I've been an Amari Cooper fan when he was on the Raiders. And I'm really loving Trayvon Diggs and Micah, Par- Micah Parsons. I, I really do. Trayvon Diggs is just on another level. Five picks through four games, playing phenomenally. But yeah, I think we should, uh, I think we should talk about these rookies. And boy, do I have a lot of lot to say. But that'll be next on the final play. If you're in the victory formation, then you must be listening to the Mikey Clutch on the ChicagolandSportsRadio.com. Here's your host. Mikey Clutch. Well, you know what that sound means. It's time for the rookie watch. And these rookies, how did they perform this week in the NFL? And a guy that I really wish didn't have to come in when he did. Trey Lance finally gets some real action for the Niners after Jimmy goes down with a calf injury in the first half. Trey Lance played the whole second half. He looked really shaky. The inaccuracy issues that I saw coming and saw in the preseason, that's what scared me. And when he came in, I just I, the game was over. The offense can't move the ball because he can't get the ball to his receivers. He's throwing 100-mile-per-hour fastballs at his tight ends and, and his running backs when they're only five yards from the line of scrimmage. Even George Kittle, the first pass to Kittle went right through his hands because he's trying to laser beam it in there. And he's just got to calm down, add some touch to, to your throws. Lance, please add some touch. You don't have to zing everything in there. You, there was a pass to Samuel. Samuel caught the back of the football because it came in so hot. And then the throws. it's just, you know uh, – there was a wheel route that Debo Samuel ran wide open, wide. Not a defensive back, defender within 20 yards of him, and he almost underthrew him there. Debo had to come to a full stop to catch the ball. Luckily, there was nobody around him, and Debo scores. And then the second one's a nice screen pass, and Debo did the rest. So Lance, I. this is why... He was the biggest project coming out of the draft. This is why he needed to sit the full year. But, again, this is why Shanahan and Lynch drafted him, because Jimmy can't stay healthy. And, yet again, early in the season, Jimmy's hurt. My heart goes out to this guy. I'm a Jimmy Garoppolo fan. The injuries are frustrating, but something really tugged at my heartstrings and made me feel for the guy with his press conference this week. And here's Jimmy on that calf injury when he felt it during the game. In between series, I could feel it tightening up and everything. Thought I could gut it out. Uh, I tried to for the first half, but it's just tough, man. I don't know. Been in the situation too many times, and it's getting real old. You know, so it's just one of those things, that, uh part of the business, though. Part of the business, though. Ah, oh, it breaks my heart, Jimmy. This guy has won. He had, you know, he wins when he's in there for the Niners. We were tied with the Seahawks. Seahawks had negative three yards in the first quarter. We're getting shut down by this defense. Then Jimmy goes down and the game was over because Lance can't move the chains. Shanahan forgets how to call plays when Jimmy isn't back there. Trey Lance threw 18 times. I get it. We were down, but you got to call some other plays. He, he seemed to call the same option play three, four times in a row. And then we got stopped on a third and short because we ran the same play and, and, Lance kept and we got stopped. The Niners got stopped. So it, it is frustrating to see that happen with Jimmy, but it did break my heart a little bit because he's frustrated too. He hates seeing this. He doesn't want to be hurt. He's not asking for it. Some players are just like this, i.e. Carson Wentz. And the team, they're just at a disadvantage when, when their best player at the quarterback position isn't on the field. And yeah, it just my heart goes out to him because he's done nothing but win every time he 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 gets gets the call. So I'm luckily it's not as serious same thing with Trent Williams. The in, both injuries aren't as serious as they initially thought. So that's good. Jimmy has a Chance to play Sunday, I don't know if he will, but that's a big game against Arizona. If he plays, that game will be a lot more competitive than if Lance were to play. Uh, The Niners' defense, though, always seems to struggle against the Cardinals. Again, that tease, that'll be in my watchables as well, which I'll break down. Justin Fields, I'll turn to him. Gets his first win, as I mentioned earlier, against the Detroit Lions which Nagy is now, I believe, 5-6-1 and, and against Detroit, and the only loss came last year on a weird game as well, weird ending. I think Trubisky fumbled. Bears had a chance to win the game. But Fields gets a victory, 209 yards, 11 for 17, so they leaned again on David Montgomery. But after the huge loss last week, against the Cleveland Browns, here's what Justin Fields had to say. You know, I saw Russell Wilson posted a tweet this past week saying I love um, adversity, and I truly do love that because it, it just brings a whole different person out of me. And, um, you know, in some ways I'm, I'm glad, you know, last week happened. Uh, you know, I think um, if we would have won last week, it wouldn't have pushed us as much this week to, to get better and practice as hard. Yep. Wouldn't have pushed him that much. But, hey, hats off to him. One and one as a NFL starting quarterback, getting on the right track. But, as mentioned, it is no easy picnic, and it's going to be away in Vegas. So, Matt Nagy better have them prepared. Bears offense can't keep up with the rest of the league, it seems like. And look at 24 points. That's really not that impressive against a Detroit team. I get it, they've been playing well, but Detroit's been giving up a lot of points as well. And the Raiders put up a lot of points, and they're going to be scoring a lot more than 14 of what they did this past Monday night. Zach Wilson, another rookie quarterback in the W column, gets his first win against the Tennessee Titans, who were short, man. Tennessee should have won that game. I mean, They had all of the time of possession, even with missing Julio and A.J. Brown. But that defense, abysmal. Oh, my goodness. You know, they, they like to throw free agent signings, uh, Bud Dupree, in your face and, and say they upgraded the defense, but I, I called it out. Their defense is no better than last year and possibly worse. You can't lose to a, a Jets team who has failed to put up any points, really, uh, uh, against some of these other teams. You go 14 points week one, six points week two, zero points week three, and then you let them score 27 on you. This is why Tennessee, everybody putting them as a Super Bowl contender in the preseason, season after signing Julio. No, that defense is nowhere close to a playoff roster in my opinion, but you know what? They're in one of the weaker divisions in the NFL. But, hey, Colts got their first one with Carson Wentz. So they're only a game back because Tennessee, I think, is only what two and two now, two and two, and they could have lost that Seattle game if Seattle's defense was able to step up. I already touched on Mac Jones, but I'll touch on him a little again. He was solid performance against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He was just under pressure. There's not much he could do, and hey. He, he gave the team a chance to go down and w- kick a winning field goal. I know the conditions, but Nick Folk, hey, it, it doinked, right? It, it was close. Had a chance. Mac Jones keeps his teams in the game. That's what you like to see. And then Trevor Lawrence, Thursday night football, his best game of the year. Really impressed on a short week. Could have had the victory. Could have had the victory. But, hey, they lose to the Bengals on a last you know, game-ending field goal. But Lawrence, I mean, uh, 204 yards, 17-24. to 24, No touchdowns, but uh, he ran. He, he ran well. You know, he, he had a rushing touchdown, eight eight rushes for 36 yards. So now that he's got his legs going, that's what he needs to do. He was very deadly with his legs in college. He can do that in the pros. Gain some extra first downs with your legs and don't have to depend on the throwing. But DJ Chark went out, so that's going to be a blow. I don't know if he's out this week, but we'll, we'll check in on that. And, yeah, that's the rookie watch from this past week. And stay tuned next week for next week's rookie watch. All right, week five, tomorrow, starts Thursday night football on good old Fox. And what do we have? Division opponents. Los Angeles Rams at the Seattle Seahawks Been going back and forth. I put this in my defree pick 3, but I have been I'm not as confident in this one. I know I told you believe in me this week. My other two I feel like are are pretty good locks. But this one, listen, I, Seattle was a good home team last year, 7 and 1 without a crowd. They lost their first game with Tennessee coming in town with a 14-point lead going in the fourth quarter this week, but the Rams coming in town. And Rams got embarrassed, in my eyes, against Arizona. That offense did not look that great. Defense wasn't a top-five defense going up against Arizona. And they go to Seattle short week, which Russell Wilson is 9-1 on Thursday Night Football. He beat the Rams Thursday Night Football two years ago. And I believe the Rams were favored in that one. And he hasn't lost since his rookie year on Thursday Night Football. So that's something that means a lot. And it's in Seattle. So keep your eye on that game. That is one of the best games of the week to watch. You got Seattle who's 2-2 two and two in the West. The Rams are now 3-1. and one. If Seattle wins, they're tied with the Rams. And the next game, the Niners at Arizona... If Jimmy plays, the Niners have a chance. But, again, this defense hasn't shown that they're able to stop Kyler Murray. He just He's too shifty, and the Niners do struggle against some mobile guys. You know, Russell Wilson figured it out late in that game last week, but really I think it was just the opportunities that they were given, the field position that Russ just had to capitalize but the Niners, you know, if Trey Lance is the starter, I think Arizona has this easily. Unfortunately, I know I, I'm i saying that, but I'm just being realistic as a 49ers fan. Lance just isn't ready, and the Arizona's defense has been playing solid so far this year, surprisingly to me. I don't know if that's surprising to others, but I, I just thought J.J. Watt really wasn't the best signing that you could have had coming into this season. Malcolm Butler, you know how I feel about that, him. I don't even think J.J. Watt has a sack yet this year, to be honest. and He doesn't. So is he really that great of a player? Probably not anymore. But, yeah, the Niners travel to Arizona. I, if Jimmy plays, I, I think the Niners have a chance to win this game. And Trent Williams. Trent Williams also has to play. Another game I'm watching, Cleveland Browns at Los Angeles Chargers. Chargers home for the second time, second week straight. Played really well against – the Raiders, and the Browns' offense doesn't look that scary. Minnesota gives up some points, and they only scored 14 against Minnesota. There was no Jarvis Landry. I think he's going to be out again. But the Browns' defense is really good. They're really good. They held Minnesota's high-power offense to seven points as well. But that offense is just... It's not doing it, and they're going up against a great defense that's been playing really well so far this season in the Chargers. Uh, That's going to be... I think a good game for the Chargers coming way out on top of. Indianapolis Colts at Baltimore Ravens. Monday Night Football, another good game to watch. Carson Wentz got his first win in a Colts uniform. The Baltimore Ravens beat the Denver Broncos, who seem to kind of be the fake idea of the NFL right now because they beat they beat up on three really bad teams, and they finally played a good one, and they, they didn't look so hot. And then Drew Locke has to play. No confidence in Drew Locke, so... I think this might be a different game. Baltimore, it's at Baltimore, but watch out for the Colts. I think the defense played really well last week. Again, I know they didn't really play the best of competition in Miami, but just a win like that gives you confidence. And then the final game, Sunday Night Football, probably the best game of the week, Buffalo Bills at Kansas City Chiefs. The AFC Championship rematch from last season. All for this. I am all for this. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, the Bills' offense, the Chiefs' offense, but that Bills' defense has played really well. Really, really well. Sean McDermott, defensive minded coach, and the Chiefs' defense, what have they been doing? Not playing so hot. They gave up 30 points to the Eagles, who have been struggling. I think this could be a potential blowout. I don't know. Potential blowout for the Bills. Uh, This right here will be the true test for the Chiefs. I still think they're going to come out of that division as, uh, I don't know, if the Chargers continue to play, then they might be a wild card team, the Chiefs. But I think Buffalo can really give them a good game. Listen, the payback from last year's AFC Championship game, go out there and get a win against these Chiefs who are the defending AFC champs. So that's definitely my game of the week to watch. Okay, you've waited. You've waited long enough. You know what time it is. Oh, yeah. It's time for that debt-free pick three. Don't do anything illegal. Death free pick three. Look what I found in my pocket. Look! A year's salary right here. What I call them? A fun coupon. This is the debt-free pick three on the final play with Mikey Clutch. That's right. Ah, I love that money sound. I I not a lot of money last week. Because one and two, as I mentioned, four and five on the year. But these picks this week, I'm liking a lot. I am loving these picks. And guess what? Thursday night football is on this list. I told you I was going back and forth. I was going to take the Rams minus one and a half, but the line moved. It's now Seattle plus two and a half, getting points at home. Thursday night football, I- I'm switching. I'm taking Russell Wilson led Seattle Seahawks. I know their defense is a little shaky, but it's a division game at home with that 12th fan against the Rams on a short week. And Russell Wilson, 9-1, he prepares as as good as the next guy, as good as Tom Brady. So he's going to be ready to go. This could be a potential two-straight game loss for the Rams against the Seahawks. And the Seahawks' defense, they've been playing Solid, but not great. Right. They, they, they get torched in the passing game for sure. But I, I think uh, even with the loss of Carlos Dunlap, they'll, they'll be ready to go. I'm taking Seattle, plus 2.5 at home, getting points. It's, it's hard to go against a good team at home when they're getting points. You know, Arizona last week was getting points at home against the Rams. They're both 2-2 two and two against the spread as well. Um, something's going to break there. Next game, Las Vegas Raiders at home. Against the Chicago Bears. David Montgomery's out. There's going to be little to no running attack. I know Damian Williams is coming in. There's no Tariq Cohen. This offensive line's been able to run block well, but can't pass protect. And I, I just think it's going to be a long day for the Chicago Bears. I got Las Vegas Raiders at home. Minus five and a half, five and a half against the Bears. I'm taking that, taking that all day. Final game. The Los Angeles Chargers. Plus one at home versus the Cleveland Browns. Uh, I'm taking the Chargers. I'm I'm taking them to stay hot. The defense is playing phenomenally. uh, And the Cleveland Browns offense just hasn't been that great. I I, I expected them to put up way more than 14 points against that Minnesota defense that hasn't shown that they could be as strong as they used to be a few years ago. So I'm taking Chargers at home with the points, uh, getting the points. uh, Plus one. Uh, you, and and now, um, well, that's what the line was when I when I came up with this. Now I'm looking; it's minus one and a half for the Chargers. Um, I'm still taking that. I'm I'm still taking the Chargers at home to to beat the Cleveland Browns. Browns have a great rushing attack, but if they're going, if they go down in this game to the Chargers, and the Chargers are really great opening the games, they they, they scored on their first drive against the Raiders. If they go out and do that against the Browns. Browns have to play catch-up all game. It's going to be a long day for Baker Mayfield, and I just don't think they're going to be able to get it done because they won't be able to run the ball as much as they would like. And I'll throw in a bonus game that's not really part of my debt-free pick three, but the Saturday, Sunday morning game, London game, Atlanta Falcons versus the New York Jets. I know Atlanta's been playing really bad, and they lost uh, uh, in Atlanta in Atlanta fashion against the Washington football team. I believe the line on that is minus 1.5 as well, or minus 3 now for the Falcons. I'm taking the Falcons in this. Matt Ryan has actually been playing solid since the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. He holds on to the ball, only four picks. Three of them were in that Bucks game, but he, he's been throwing multiple touchdowns. They had a chance to win. If the Atlanta defense was good enough, they, they would have beat the Washington football team. I, I got Atlanta minus 3 for the bonus game Sunday morning if you're getting up early. So that's going to do it for my debt-free pick three. And let's finish off with the Clutch Player of the Week sticking to that Atlanta game, J.D. McKissick, getting that short pass from Taylor Heineke, taking it to the end zone. And if you had Washington last week, this was the one that beat the spread. (laughs) Uh, They, I think we're at minus two and a half versus Atlanta, but J.D. McKissick takes it. They win 34-30, to 30, and that's the game. J.D. McKissick, wonderful. I could have went with Saquon Barkley in overtime for the Giants, but I, I just thought that this was a bigger win for the Washington football team to stay relevant in that division with the Cowboys looking as good as they are. And the Washington defense just not good, not good. I know I keep saying it, but they just they're not good, and they showed it again. But Atlanta, maybe they're just catching fire here. Atlanta's... Always good offensively, but just can't seem to make any stops. That's going to do it for me. And today on the final play with Mikey Clutch, hope you have a splendid rest of your week. Good luck. Win some money. And I'll see you next Wednesday on the final play with Mikey Clutch. You have just tuned into the final play with Mikey Clutch on ChicagolandsportsRadio.com. It's not just sports, it's a way of life.